Welcome back to another episode of Ned's Adult Survival Guide. Uh, this week's going to be less fun, maybe a little bit more serious, but probably still some stories sprinkle in. We're going to be talking about jobs. All right. Uh, I guess we can just kind of start with kind of where everyone's at. Um, yeah. We can start with Fox or Eric if you want. Um, talking because sure. you just started new stuff, left it all yeah. and all that fun stuff. <clears throat> yeah. I, uh... Well, I guess I'll start with where I came from. I was doing. Um copywriting for a solutions firm uh, copywriting is basically just creating the content that you read on websites or more specifically the content that you don't read on websites um and i was mainly working on things like plumbing and uh oh, towing companies where yeah oh yeah and like some of these towing companies too are like you know it's not technically against the law for them to like get their car back without paying but we want you to write it in a way that feels like it'd be against the law. I'm like, oh. <laughs> so that was that was not the most fun. Um, but I ended up quitting there uh, probably about a month and a half ago now. Um, and in about three weeks, I found a new job tutoring. Um, it's one-on-one -on -one sessions with uh, high school kids. Um, typically, they have anything from like ADD, ADHD, uh, also some kids on the autism spectrum um oh, okay. and i yeah yeah so it's it's a little bit of like a mixture of rich kid families that are sending their kids to a private school and also actual kids from public schools who the state of colorado is funding to go to a private school so that they can get the better education that they need which is very cool um but yeah so just teaching english and history to basically high school kids now that's kind of where i'm at so yeah. i thought you were full on teaching not doing more tutoring oh well so, so it's it is teaching but it's it's closer to tutoring in my opinion like smaller curriculum, group sizes smaller group sizes it's one-on-one -on -one, and uh the curriculum that i'm teaching isn't really that in depth it's much more like just do the quizzes well and you'll get an a in the class uh which i see more as like rote memorization tutoring almost and more than teaching but that's just a uh that's just a thing with words for me fun so um, why did you quit? Uh, why did I quit? You were, yeah, you quit the copywriting. Yeah, well, so as Nick like pointed out, it was not the most interesting of jobs. Um, you tell which... me, writing about plumbing and and all that stuff is not vastly interesting. <laughs> I mean, sometimes sometimes I would get something that was pretty interesting. Like one time, I wrote a copy for a um, an escape room. They had three new uh, escape room tests coming out, um, and I basically got total creative freedom to just write like a backstory for what was happening, and that was a lot of fun. Um, mm -hmm. But out of probably the 120 projects I did there, that was one, and there were no other projects like it. So <laughs> it was it was very very much of a deficit of like creative freedom, which I I kind of need I think a lot of times, but also. Um, my boss was just kind of an asshole. He would always, whenever we had uh, meetings, he would always talk about, don't do this in your writing, and then show an example of somebody from the department, and it's always my writing. And I'm like, I'm not a bad writer, so oh, I don't know why you're doing that. Nice. And then, in, yeah, and then in our one-on-one -on -one conversations where he's like, you know, this is what you're doing well, all he would ever tell me is, you have good grammar. And I'm like, dude, dude, there's more <laughs> than that. Like, come on. And I'm using Grammarly, so it's not even actually a fucking compliment. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm just like, up yours. I, I wrote this beautifully scathing letter uh, that I can send you guys maybe later uh, while one of you guys are talking or something um, that kind of yeah. summarizes it pretty well. 
um maybe, but yeah it was we'll just do a fun show and tell read, <laughs> read you, maybe you quit letter. with like a letter you like wrote him a letter and was like i'm out oh yes yeah there was oh, a full okay. letter um and i i like aired kind of some of my grievances about it um was it uh, chock full of grammatical errors <laughs> i should have done that because that would have um, been so good but no i, I made sure that it before my boss <laughs> <does> suck it <laughs> No, no, no. I, I did the opposite. I made sure that it made complete and total sense um, and really highlighted the fact that this is some high-level writing that you're losing. Um, <laughs> this is some of my best work. <laughs> fuck you. <laughs> yeah, you know, you thought you thought what I was doing before was okay. Well, fuck you. This is what I normally want to do anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think that some of the best things in life are, are driven through vengeance. <laughs> or uh, not, not, not necessarily uh, spite. Spite's another good one. Spite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. No, I, I mean, I honestly, I've, I've done some really great work under spite. Just like, yeah. fuck you, and then like, just crushing it. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. It's a good motivator. I know, I know we'll all get into like talking about our jobs, but I think um, Eric brought up like a fun topic that I've always found interesting is like reasons like why you like dislike work or like wanting to quit and things like that. Hmm. Um, and I know, Nick, you're like looking around right now. So, um, oh, yeah. I, I think there's a bigger conversation I want to have too about like worst jobs and like worst job experiences. Um, mm-hmm. So that, that'll be something I think we should talk about too. Yeah. And I, th- I think we'll just wait. And then like, yeah. you know, when we get to the end of some point, we'll like, okay, now we'll jump into the next person's job and talk about that. So. Sure. Uh, I mean, do you want me to go off of that? Yeah. I mean, like I, I know you're looking right now, you could give us, a, obviously tell us a little bit about what yeah, you're doing. I mean, context. I've been doing software in kind of like a web environment for uh, just over two years now. Just mm-hmm. some, yeah, almost two and a half now. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like I don't know. I've just gotten bored lately, especially with the work from home stuff. We like just didn't have as much stuff to do. And over like the last I don't know five months, we you know merged into some bigger teams. And there's been less work to do. And then there's one team that's like doing like the new fun, cool stuff. And I got stuck on a team that's like bug fixes in legacy world. Oh, lovely. Which is, but it's just like, (laughs) if you asked anyone on my team right now, like they wake up in the morning, they're like, I would, I want to just die. I don't want to do this today. (laughs) Yeah. That's just like the consensus and at like the manager level, there's no like, it's all just like, oh, you're fine. Or, you know, keep pushing through it. The good stuff's coming. And it's like, is it though? Like there's a lot of shit to do that no one wants to do. So between that so and a lot of false promises, I'm just kind of like over it. So what kind of false promises? Mm. Um, like, I mean, they uh, keep saying like this new big project for us to work on has been coming for almost two years now. And it's just, like there's been like zero traction on it. They still have client commitments to stuff that like they're forced to do. Uh-huh. And there's just, I don't know, a lot of people that aren't doing enough and they just like cut a bunch of people at the higher level for being redundant. But now mm-hmm. they're also saying, you know, we're making this big push to be more software focused and we're going to hire a bunch of people and, you know, everyone will get to help upscale. And I'm like, you're not going to pay anyone to upscale. You're going to hire them at higher you know salaries than we make because you won't mm. give raises and it's just i don't know that is yeah so yeah i've been looking for new stuff for a bit now I, i'm in a fortunate spot where like i'm not unemployed so i can be picky with where i go um 
which is definitely different than when you your like first job like when i you know was working at you know gamestop for a few months it was like the first job that came my way i was like done i didn't <laughs> negotiate salary i fucked myself there like i came in low so live and you learn kind of thing i think but yeah that's one of the things i really hate and don't quite understand about like just not just not even any specific industry it seems to be like most places like they would rather like spend money and hire someone new than like take yeah. the people they have and yeah. really like give them a raise Absolutely. but also increase their expectations like if someone told right, me yeah. tomorrow we're giving you a 20 grand bump but we expect 20 grand worth of more work from you you know and we're yeah. gonna yeah. hold you to that and if you can't do it right yeah. then we're either demoting you or you're fi- like if someone gave me that and at least gave me the option to like uh bite off more than i can chew right i'd rather do yeah. that and like just kind of put your head down and grind for two years and then we'll like be like oh please give me a raise you know yeah yeah it's i i think that like obviously like from the business perspective what might make them hesitant and like i again you know me i don't side with businesses really um but <laughs> uh you know the idea though that they would have to see if you bought you bit off more than you can chew and that could really reduce your efficiency in general and also it could lead to like faster burnout kind of like we were talking about last last week right um you can have burnout for the things you enjoy but also with work so if they give you too much and now they're also paying you more then it's it's actually like this double waste of of effort almost they they've they've lost extra money and they've lost time the flip side of that right is that right. instead they're just choosing to hire someone blindly, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, they do the interview. They look at a guy's resume, but like they're not sitting behind the desk with him. Sure. Right. And, so and, like, and, mm-hmm. and and like Nick said, a lot of times they're they're opting to pay more salary to these people when right, in re- like right. more than you're being paid. When in reality they could just instead. So like the difference between like say paying someone an extra 10k a year versus hiring someone new for a whole extra 50 60 right that right, doesn't right. even make sense to me like financially right so yeah, it's okay, like it's it's like these weird like ingrained things right and in the same way you were saying oh well maybe it's inefficient to do this but the, the problem i think is that everyone's like so obsessed with um things being like set in stone right like the, the yeah, company yeah. i work at something that drives me nuts is it's like impossible to get fired Right. There's so many people who work there that suck at their job and I mm-hmm. hate them and I have to deal with them and it, it's miserable. And it's like I like I I'm a huge fan of a meritocracy, right? And I think For that sure. we're like in this weird like foot in, foot out, like kind of soft uh, wrapped in bubble fucking tape bullshit where it's like you can't yeah. get fired, but you also can't like climb the ladder quickly. The only way to like make tons of money is to either become an entrepreneur or like have rich parents and go to like some silly school and get an MBA, right? right. And and parachute in from the top, which you guys have heard me bitch about before. Um, yeah. And just the, the whole concept of like uh, business people kind of like ruining the economy is a whole different. I think topic, um, but... <laughs> one one interesting thing to that is that we mm-hmm. i think it's the case for all of us and honestly probably for the majority of employed people is that we're all like at will employees at least in america like and i think the uk and other countries like they have laws against that stuff but like it's it's this weird blend of where we're at will and they could fire us on the spot because they're choosing so I, to employ us but at the same time there's right. all these precautions in place that like they have to have done like hr and stuff where like you know did you go through a plan to make sure that they're doing okay blah 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 like I th- I think um, at will is state to state. 
So I'm yes. I'm I'm fairly certain there are some states that like they can't fire you. Yes. Yeah. Even if there they are want protections it, right? in place in certain gotcha. Yeah. Like I think I think Pennsylvania doesn't have those. I know Colorado doesn't. Um, I'm not sure which states do though. That's probably something somebody could look up. Uh, without yeah. my microphone. I, I I can tell you for a fact at least PA's at will, right? You know, like I know I'm at boss, will. Yeah. Yeah. So you, our bosses can fire us and give us zero reason for it, and there's mm-hmm. very little we can do. And um. If like, if we feel like we're wrongfully terminated, the onus is on us to then take them to court, and yeah, and since Which they're is... the accused, then the burden of proof is on us to prove that we were wrongfully terminated. Which I is like hard to do if they, just, like, yeah. they fire you and, and they don't and... tell you anything. So I don't know. Like I, yeah, I get it, well, but well, I, I so, think it's so just just because that that actually <laughs> I know we were going to talk about uh, our worst job experiences a little bit later, but this directly actually relates to. Uh, my worst job experience real quick in that uh i don't know if i told you guys when i worked at the spa yes mm-hmm. that was a thing yeah, I was working, that, yeah. yeah i was working as a receptionist at, at a hand and stone spa um somewhere in pennsylvania to keep it somewhat anonymous i suppose um and oh, the way that i got fired i mean yeah you you know where it was you oh, know where it was Dan. i know right where it is uh, <laughs> you do yeah um but so the way I got fired, though, was because uh, essentially my manager, my boss, the owner told me that I was uh, rude to customers without giving me any insight as to what that meant. And only all she would give me was that I wasn't smiling enough. I need to smile more. Uh, and then she asked me within a week if I had found a new job. And I told her, no, how the hell am I going to find a new job in one week? Uh, and she fired me for being rude and not smiling enough. I was like, right. <laughs> but like, you know. Then the thing is, like, that doesn't seem like a realistic t- termination to me because, like, there was there was no proof that I was doing these things. The only way that she talked about it was to say, essentially, like, smile more. And that's yeah. a little bit sexist in some ways, it feels like, right? Um, but also, like, almost every single person that came in, like, would compliment on, like, oh, my gosh, you have such a calm voice. And I love I love talking to you on the phone. And I'm so happy to, like, there were never <laughs> anybody that I talked to who was just like, no, this guy's, like, kind of makes me uncomfortable. Um, but then, like... You know, I just want to move on. I don't want to have to spend time taking this literal psychopath to court and being like, look at all of these bad business practices that I ignored because she was paying me until she fired me unrightfully, right? It's like... Yeah. Yeah, so we have to draw that line. And we're yeah. definitely not talking about the one on Westchester Pike in Newtown Square, Pennsylvania. That's certainly not at all <laughs> what we're talking about. Oh, man. Nope, not concept. that one. Not that one. <laughs> um... um. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's I, I, I hate I've been very, very lucky in the fact that almost every single boss I've ever had has been like a normal human being and not like a crazy psychopath like that. Um, and then mm-hmm. even some of the ones that may border on it for some mm-hmm. reason liked me. So I've been like super lucky in that regard. Um, I don't know. Honestly, I don't know how well I would deal with it. To be to be totally frank with you, I'd probably. I don't think you'd deal with it well, but no, no, not at all. I'd 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 get myself fired real quick. Um, not not on the topic of the firing. Jumping back real quick, mm-hmm. um, yeah. on the whole hiring people at higher salaries. Yeah, I was looking at some stuff, and I think it was ADP released like another like they did these reports on like jobs and stuff, mm-hmm. and in 2017, full time workers switching their job. Saw a five point two percent increase in salary versus yeah. four point three percent for staying. So it's yeah. this, I, it, which isn't surprising at all. But I find it so strange that like 
loyalty is considered like so valuable, but like not in a monetary sense. <laughs> yeah, it's valuable yet cheap. Yeah. Well, that's um, the thing. Like the the system is set up to encourage you to jump around. I mean, that like our, which is our so weird our, to me. Our other friend Nick, who is a mechanic, right? That's pretty mm -hmm. much how he's gotten raises, right? Oh yeah. He there, has yeah. only jumped from from different dealership to dealership working as a mechanic, and every time he does, he gets like another two or three dollars an hour, right? Instead of right. sticking at a place and like doing a thing, and you know that's a smaller microcosm, but it's one with like more immediate, obvious returns on like just right. jumping yeah. shit. I mean, it's the right? software world; it's that's all it is. Like every in your first ten years, they recommend trying to get four or five jobs. I'm like, that's insane. Like, yeah. Like, I don't know. There's no, and there's no way you can be an efficient employee if you're changing your job once every other year. Yeah, right? true. Yeah. It takes and, and three it, to six months to ramp up. Right. And, so. and like even, even further than that, too, right? Like if then that you have to find the happy medium where you're bouncing around enough to satisfy a company, but not bouncing around so much that they ask you, why can't you hold a job down? Right. Yeah. Um, I think it's 18 months is the mark where they, anything lower than that, they'll consider it like job hopping. And like, that's where they get like sketched out. They're like, you know, why were you only there for 10 months? And, you know, oh, I wanted a raise. Yeah. Like, that's not a great reason. You See, can I have reasons, that, but. I find that hard to believe, though. Like, I don't but, know. I, I, again, what's yeah. weird, right, is if I change jobs after being there for 10 months, it's like, oh, you did it for a raise? That's not okay, right? But if I do it at 18 or 22 months, right, because that same raise. reason seems way more valid all of a sudden. It's just yeah, an arbitrary right. number of months. It's less than a year, right? Like, yeah, okay. like, oh, I don't, I don't feel value for my experience anymore. Like the, you know, I put that's yeah. just on the company. But, sure, but but I can also I can tell you that I was not valued for my experience at that copywriting job within two months of being there, right? So yeah. it, it it's going to depend where you're working, what position they put you in, and your experience skills, right? And so like to to say like at eighteen months that's the hard line that we're gonna like we're not even gonna look at the rest of your application without kind of being a little bit sketched out about that. That just feels like the burden of proof now, if we were saying earlier, is on them to prove to me why that number matters. And in what way, empirically, can you show me that that's actually a, a good indication? Well, um, I, I think that's another big thing of like, like why these, these uh, bureaucratic administrators and business people are like making life harder on everyone else and like slowly bloating just the economy in general. Because like all these things we're dealing with have nothing to like, that's not. Uh, it's not a specific copywriter you know like industry standard that's not what engineering people think that's not what software development like that's hr and like these weird business you know c plus level managers and it's like this like subjective um uh what do you call it like like tribal knowledge almost where it's like oh, yeah. this is the way it yeah. has to be right like you have to do these things this is what's good but when you like look at it in a vacuum you're like well this doesn't make any fucking sense right yeah yeah for sure like yeah, it's one of the things I'm dealing with. It's not quite people, right? But I'm dealing with like a direct thing at my job right now that's driving mm -hmm. me nuts. I am uh, an engineer, right? So I, I'm right. a mechanical engineer. Work on uh, stuff for like, I make test machines, right? Like we, we basically test different sorts of parts on it, right? All kinds yeah. of different things, right? Um, and so we're designing a machine. We're, we're, we have, we acquired a company, right? that has a machine for testing this specific part, right? It's a part that we have to spin. And when we spin it, we want to see how out of balance it is and then balance it, right? The similar way you would, like when you get new wheels put on your car, they got to balance your wheels, right? Something very similar to that, right? Yeah. Um, 
we have this, we have a piece of equipment that the company we acquired designed 50 some years ago, right? The equipment works fine, but we want to automate it, modernize it, right? So we already own this piece of equipment and all the designs for it. We've put about $20,000 of R&D uh, working on it, but we have like the fleet of machines is like in excess of 20 some machines, right? So if we were to, you know, completely automate it with what we've done, that R&D cost gets split up across the different machines. Well, my boss and the higher ups are like, they keep wanting to buy a new machine, right? They want to spend like 80 grand on like some machine from Germany, right? And it's like, well, why did we ever do anything to begin with, right? Why are you not like, if we do what we're doing, it's much cheaper, right? Your people are learning something, right? Your engineers are getting smarter, right? Mm -hmm. you're, you're not only are you, you more efficiently spending company time and money, but you're also cultivating better tools if you will which is your engineers you're, you're cultivating a, like just smarter people in your company but they're just like no 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 let's go buy something let's go buy some shiny new toy yeah right and right, i think that's right. kind of similar to what they're doing when they they're hiring people they're like oh let's just get a shiny new thing right it feels yeah. better again that like weird sub subjective emotion-based crap uh, it feels better to hire someone new and, and pay money be like oh look what we did that than, than it does to be like oh you know we gave a 20k bump to this person and we you know paid attention and wrote them and you know like yep. made them take classes and do these things instead of like putting effort in right it's just that short term like i want to buy the solution well yeah i think yeah. that's also a uniquely american issue um mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. maybe not uniquely but i think like at least within like capitalism in america there is this like drive that uh, if you need a solution, you need something new. There's no such thing as like a fix for the old or like the old thing is now trashed because it's old, not because it's broken, not because it's not useful, just because of the fact that it's old and there's a new thing that you could get. Um, and I mean, like that materialism certainly is like very prevalent in the way that we as consumers live our lives. But I also think that that same mindset um, not necessarily matriculates, but like the opposite, like it, it like it, it instead of seeping down, it like evaporates up up the ladder <laughs> what is um, the opposite of matriculate that's a yeah um, but no i, I get so, what you're talking about yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so like, like you know foundation. you have right and then because it's built on that the people who like you know even if you are the most rational business person or maybe you know rational the most rational business person might not fall into this this trap but um the way you live your life and the way that you run your business are very difficult to separate fully right that compartmentalization probably occurs very infrequently um, and it's also probably a little bit strange when it does, because you're then two separate people doing two separate things almost, which psychologically speaking could be strange. But um, yeah, so like you have the way you live your normal life still seeps into the way that you're going to run your business. So you're going to be like, oh, you know, we could upgrade this old thing, but, you know, it's kind of stinky. Why not just buy a brand new thing instead? Um, yeah, yeah. Um. I have a interest. I have like a handful of statistics from 2020 that I pulled, where they surveyed uh, a bunch of companies and their employees. It's like T Sheets, LinkedIn, Signa. A couple of groups did this. Okay. I think one that actually relates very interestingly is that 77% of companies focus on the employee's experience to increase retention. So more than ha like most of their focus has mm -hmm. nothing to do with compensating or training their employees mm -hmm. to okay. convince them to stay. Right. It's more like 
look at all of the nice like you get free coffee every day you do get free coffee yeah that kind of do they have fun do we do half day fridays like stuff like that we've got got colored slides at the front door so instead of taking right and slide down and be quirky fucking zoe de chanel google having ass motherfuckers yeah and then i mean you can even further tie into that it's uh, so 52% of employees are looking elsewhere or consider leaving primarily because of compensation, hmm. 43% because of career advancement, and 19% from lack of recognition. So again, more than half of people are, would leave because of a lack of compensation. Like, I, don't, was, so, I, I don't know how it has to change so much that like, until they start realizing that like, if you want to keep people being properly compensated is a large part of that. I, I also wonder, though, because it... <laughs> The thing is, again, with business, you're trying to minimize costs where you can. And if you can, on average, like 52% of people would look for a new job because of compensation, but aren't currently looking for a new job, that means that they are still satisfied enough by the quality of life that they are presented with by like half-day Fridays, getting your free coffee every morning, um, to the point that it would be more of an onus on them, like we were talking about with suing after being wrongfully terminated, right? It's more of the onus on you to go find a job, and that is like having a second part-time job when you're searching for new things because it is just taxing and you're using your free time to do that. So why not just stay where it's comfortable, even though you're not making as much money because it's comfortable and it's easy and you're still making that money at least, right? So I think that there's probably that psychological aspect of it where uh, we want to cut costs and we know that if we keep you psychologically pleased and also kind of stuck where you are, we don't need to give you money. And if you do, you know, if you do want that money, you'll leave, we'll lose you unfortunately, but we'll just hire a new person at that exact same price range and probably keep them psychologically satisfied for about as long, right? Some that might be fine with companies. Hmm. So I, I think I think it really is going to depend on the mindset that the the CEO is taking with how they're building out their company and what costs they're looking to cut. See, well, but that's that's what frustrates me is that um, if you look at like the and this is a conversation I've had with because like most most people who at like are at the level of like VP, president, director, like mm-hmm. any anyone you know you have anyone like d level or higher right so like you have a level is you your boss is b your boss's boss is c so like getting around about there or higher they end up a lot of times if it's a publicly traded company their salary is public knowledge right it has to be right so like i look at the salaries of like the people who run the company i work at and like you know the fucking ceo makes like two million a year the guy below Mm -hmm. him is like a million a year and then like all the people below that guy are like like an eighth to a quarter mil a year right so my my question's always been, um, what's the ratio of like amount that they're paid to the amount of revenue that they produce for the company, right? So like, <laughs> I I they they pay me what uh, somewhere between fifty and seventy thousand dollars, right? Uh-huh. Uh, we'll say fifty because it makes math better, right? It makes it a little bit easier. If I if I generate a million dollars a year in profit because of my job, right? right. That's a twenty to one ratio, right? Mm-hmm. So, yeah. are you telling me that this person at the CEO level, or, or not CEO, but like E level, D level people making a quarter million dollars, are they making, or is, there, is their in their their revenue generation ratio tw- in, in excess of twenty times? Right? Because if it is, okay, well then it makes sense, keep them. Right? They're generating yeah. tons yeah. of money. But if if you're paying someone a quarter million dollars and they're only making the company ha- a half a million dollars each year, it's like, well, fucking fire them, hire yeah, more of me. Know. 
right? It's uh, now. Uh-huh. I, I get that. Like, um, there's only so many positions for something, right? Like, say you only need so many people to design machines. Fine, that makes yeah. sense. And I also understand that every job has its worth, right? So, like, at the end of the day, designing machines to test at like at like a corporate company is never going to be worth a million dollars a year, right? There's there's a cap. On, yeah. on, on what my skill set is worth, right? So I get yep. that, um, but at, at the same time, I just I just don't understand the like the the desire to hire over the desire to cultivate, right? Uh, so so I was I was laughing a little bit throughout that. I don't know if you heard because some of those thoughts are verging dangerously close on communism. Um, <laughs> oh yeah, no no no, <laughs> which I'm is not, great. I, yeah. I, I love me some capitalism, but uh, there's some communists. I mean, what what's my joke? Yeah. What do I always joke around, right? Socialism. When I become dictator, right? Uh, you know, <laughs> we're starting with killing off all the bad drivers, and then and then we're moving on to less personal things like making the country better. That would be probably get rid of, getting rid of everyone with an MBA. Um, but you know, personally. <laughs> so, God, I don't know. Um, I lost my train of thought, sort of. Midway through. Yeah, no, I, I'll, um, I'll just I'll just pick up on what I was kind of saying. Though. Like, <laughs> okay, I mean, sorry. Yeah, no, no, you're fine. Like, it's it's verging on on cap on coming spot. Uh, mainly the sense of um, if you are producing, and this is this is kind of part of the um, the theory, right? That as a producer, you are creating more revenue. The things that you do with your time create more revenue on average than the things that somebody higher up in, like we were saying, like the. Uh, the D or C range of um, your company, right? You 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 tend to be making things, and by making those things, whether it's knowledge or a physical thing, you are still producing more wealth than them. However, most of the wealth in the company goes to them because they had the wealth to start the company to begin with, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the only difference that you didn't start with the wealth to be able to make this company. They had to invest their own wealth in it, but now they get to reap the like the benefits off of you, despite the fact that they are doing next to no work or less work at least compared and to what I don't doing. I don't necessarily hate that right I'm not mm-hmm. totally against that my big issue is that once you get to that level you continue to exist at that level regardless of what company you're at right, right? my my problem is is not you know kind of the, the way capitalism I guess works if you will right um cuz cuz I, I you know someone who is starting a company you know with the capital and then managing the direction of it i understand how at, at the, that high level they can generate way more profits and revenues and things like that than someone who's just like working on like a plant floor right moving around mm-hmm. boxes whatever it is i get it my issue though is that when that ceo retires or steps down or is fired i hate that they just hire another ceo from this ephemeral pool of like people that just exist right like why why do we not move up anymore you know if the ceo leaves why is why is the cfo under him not become the ceo and why did that cfo not start you know at the level of uh, an a-level job right why do they not start as someone working on the floor or someone who is hired well i mean marketing you don't always know whatever it is where they started well, that, to be fair that's that's the vast majority though right and some don't and, translate and so like a cfo may not translate directly to a ceo like they might be slightly different skill sets yes for some but, of them for the majority though i think yes on the less semantic level right the overall yeah. idea is that people are parachuting in from the top instead of working their way up from the bottom and right? i yeah. wonder sometimes if that's an issue of like um it's, it's called what the peter principle 
that you have regularly promoted it to the point where like you no longer fit the job? Principle. It's it's I know you, you're you're, you're about, promoted yeah. until the point that you actually don't fit that job, and then you no longer get promoted. That's where you stay. Or right. or it's to the point where it. I I don't know if it's not necessarily fit the job, but it's like to the point where you're like you're not at that skill level, right? right. Yeah. Um, That's yeah. it. Peter okay. Principle. Yeah. yeah. So I the Peter Principle states that if you perform well in your job, you will likely be promoted to the next level of your organization's hierarchy. You will continue to rise up the ladder until you reach the point where you can no longer perform well. Right. I, I yeah. think that was the case for so long that you're at a point now where, like, there's just so many people that got promoted to the point where, like, they're really not actually that good at their job or their job doesn't, it's redundant, I guess. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So those people just, you know, are floating around and stuff. And that's why you're seeing, like, I don't know if it's quite parachuting from the top or if there's just an excess of people at a level that they are redundant and have no need for. Well, I would even I would even wonder on the opposite side of that what might be causing people to be more the, the reason they're cherry picking and to drop people into positions isn't so much that these people um, are all redundant that they're being dropped in. It's more that you have people who have reached inside the company the highest level that they can themselves physically do, um, but the company then doesn't recognize the inefficiency of that or then you know doesn't take precautions or steps to like either demote or remove that person from that position so that the new person somebody who does have the skill set can move up to that next higher position right so it's it's almost as though you have these like roadblocks in place now that I are would, just essentially people i would say it's right? more foundational than that right mm, okay I, I i think it's a conjunction of um capitalism and our current uh uh, educational system, right? And, okay. and I mean, I mean uh, secondary education, not primary education. Yeah, right? no, I, I and, and a little bit of societal stuff, right? Because we're all told we have to go to college, right? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And there's lots and lots of people, and there's only so many jobs, right? So, mm -hmm. I, from from what I see, and this is probably a more pessimistic view, but I see most of these people who are at this this higher level in the company, they're all buddies from college who are you know right. jerking each other off on LinkedIn, and that's that's what I mean by parachuting in. Half these guys know nothing about what the company is, right? They get mm -hmm. they get hired, and it's like, well, what do you fucking? Why my company does car parts, right? What do you know about car parts, right? How much do you mm -hmm. actually know? How and how like so what? You now, to be fair, sometimes there's parts of the jobs that have nothing to do with the actual product you sell, potentially, right? Yeah, you know that, that's what HR HR doesn't care what the parts you sell are, right? But if you're the CEO of a company, right? Or, or or at some high level, right? You're you're pushing. You're, it's still all kind of about the product you're selling, right? You're you're still like have making your company navigate that market, right? And and knowing which way to go. Yeah, I don't think it's yeah. all purely like this ephemeral business stuff, which I still have no idea what a business degree even does. Like, what does it yeah. mean when you actually learn? Um, I think like, sometimes I, it's different though. Like we had sometimes the sometimes. CEO get brought in, and his goal was to like steer the company in a different direction and then prep it to sell and he wasn't successful in that and he's out but that's the thing that's what they all do every time somebody gets hired right they all have some new confangled idea to justify yeah. why they should have been hired i can't tell eight we've we've gone through like three different we we kind of outsource our hr right so like we had in-house and then we outsourced it and like we've been my company since i've been there has changed the way they do yearly like reviews and goals and success things three times and I've been there for two years, right? Because they just, they, <laughs> keep, they keep changing HR. And every time a new HR comes in, they have to change the way everything works to justify their job, right? 
So justification of like job is another thing. And I think that that's what a lot of those people at that higher level do because they are redundant and because there's things that don't need to change or don't need to happen. But because they got hired, they have to do something to be like, I deserve to be justify that million dollar salary. Yeah. And that's in that it's all inefficiency. Inefficiency drives me nuts. I don't like it. But uh, no, I think it's it's no, no, I think it's because (laughs) it's because I appreciate logic more than I do emotion. (laughs) Emotion, Emotion's so fucking like fickle and there's no rules and it's just everything's different. It doesn't it doesn't really belong in a business too often. No, yeah. Well, some well. I mean, you need emotions of hierarchies and stuff like that. Yeah, but that's the part. Like, I think so. Like, this is the thing where I was saying, like, the educational system. We're all told to go to college. We all have to. You just have to go to college, right? And you're told to follow your dream or do whatever you want, right? There's and as there's there's way more uh, supply of colleges to go to and degrees to get than there are jobs available, right? So there's way more kids going to business school than there really are useful jobs in the business market, right? Yeah. So, like, I think that's part of the issue, right? And and a lot of these CEOs you see more often than not come from, you know, some of these like higher up schools, or they're friends with someone in the company who did very successful at one point or another, right? Right. And and I think I think to some extent though there is room on the market for some of these people going on to business schools. Like, I do think you're right that we have. Um, too many people probably going on to school for business degrees because like half of the kids that I talk to that are in uh, my high school classes are like, yeah, I'll probably go on to college and do business because you get paid well. And I'm like, well, that's not even guaranteed, right? You have friends who are businessmen and they get paid well. Yes. But like, there are so many people going into business, like you're saying that it's really difficult to actually ensure that you're going to get that. And so like the way that the market, I think, tries to account for that or like the opening that you have to take if you go for business and you don't have a lined up job is you have to become an entrepreneur, right? You have to build up skill sets to say like, yeah. I started my own company multiple times. I've managed it for over a year before I lost it or I was able to sell it. And at that point, that is kind of, that's a little bit of that. You're going to still get that same sort of I'm parachuting in maybe that same feeling, but they're actually going to have hands-on experience. Like not only just managing a company but maybe creating it and finding ways to like nick was saying like make it profitable enough that somebody would like to buy it and some companies that's that's really what they want yeah but those are the things i don't like right (laughs) fair (laughs) that's that's what i'm that's what i'm saying like this is and and i think that um an overabundance of people doing that is what causes like uh these things to shift and change and like you know matriculate down if you will and ruin the lives of other people right you know like my dad was working at this company and he thought it's where he was going to retire from but one of their competitors bought the company and just slowly fired everyone at the company and replaced it with their own people right Mm -hmm. and that's just just these higher level people right who make tons of money and like make all these decisions right and maybe then you know that maybe that company acquiring my dad's company was a great thing for that company but at the same time it's like tons of people got fired right and and now there's less competition for them to like because that's one less company that exists right that that they can apply their direct skill set to right yeah i think though i'm a little confused because we were talking about removing emotion from business but then here we're talking about like how what is the effect on the person that's being fired and you know, ultimately, 
at the business level, it doesn't matter. What matters is that yeah, the business is doing well, right? So it's yeah, a lot right. of these things that are happening. Right. Like I would, I would agree with you, nepotistic endeavors where you just hire people that you know and like rather than somebody who's good for the job is not the way to do business. I think that that is mm. truly an emotional kind of thing where you're like, oh, it'll make them feel good and I'll feel better having them around, right? There's not necessarily truth behind that, that they are going to make it better. Um, but also it's kind of flawed logic at that point then to say when they do something that's good, and they start making cuts for the company because it will increase profits. Like that is just the company doing what the company needs to do in their opinion, right? That, and that's logical. But yes and no, because a lot of times I think those decisions to cut are driven by higher up people who in reality, you could save the same amount of money by just getting rid of that inefficient person, right? That person paid quarter million yeah, that's dollars. possible. Instead of, yeah. instead of firing, you know, t 10 people who get paid $20,000 a year, right? Mm -hmm. to to save for that all that you could just hire you could just give her to one of your vps who doesn't do that much and that's a quarter of a million dollars right there right for sure like, yeah, yeah. I, i've joked around with my coworkers the first thing i would do at my job right if i took over tomorrow my company and had to make it better i would ask everyone above a c level for a 30 second elevator pitch of what their job is right and mm -hmm. if they cannot explain yeah. to me what they do in a satisfactory manner without using buzzwords or jargon they're fucking fired right because that to me, if you can't explain what you do in a useful way in 30 seconds, you don't have an actual job and you're a bullshitter. So that's fair. But that also, again, falls into like a subjective trap where if you don't yeah, know what bit. they're doing and they're well, using, like some sometimes jargon isn't used simply to to skirt the point, but it is actually meant to just be more incisive about what you're talking about. So like maybe they are trying to give you a very clear picture. It's just that you don't have the experience with like how that actually relates to like the actual business field. And that could lead to miscommunication in that. capacity. Oh, I mean, you could I, still give I, that pitch and tell me what you do. Yeah. What, what do you provide to the company? Sure. And I, and I think this idea, what the, the the silly hypothetical I just presented, is more pointed towards business people, right? Like I wouldn't expect a chemist, right, to explain to me their job in a way that I would understand without jargon in thirty seconds. You know what I mean? But even with that but, jargon, it might allow you to understand. Like they have an idea of what they're talking about. They're, like I said, I think this doing is something more pointed at business people. Yeah, right? because I think more often than not, they tend to be redundant. Right. And they tend to not do that much. Yeah. Like, like I've said before, I think we have a VP of golf, we have a VP of ass scratching, and we have a VP of ball scratching because the ass scratching guy can't reach far enough forward to scratch his balls, too. So we got to have three VPs just for that. So it's, you know, <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I just, I don't know, I've got, I've got another fun uh, stat for you that kind of relates that you might find interesting. Okay. I think this one's from LinkedIn. Uh, 17% of companies believe that they have the right people throughout the company to execute their business strategy. Sure they do. I'm How? sure they do. Because you know who's saying that? <laughs> people at the top. That's what I... <laughs> like, it's so dumb. If you, if you did it the flip way, I think it'd still be 17%. If you ask like, people at our level, you know, do we have the right people throughout the company, you'd look at the top and you'd say, I don't know what they do. Yeah, no, I mean, we, we get like a, I was laughing my ass off with my coworkers. They, uh, we had like a town hall at work and like, oh, those are the best. Oh, they're so fucking gay. It was hilarious. <laughs> like, like every time they'd go to the, oh, I'm going to hand it off to so-and-so we're all like, who the fuck is this person? Yeah. <laughs> like, we don't know, but he's collectively making more money than our whole team is. <laughs> right? Like it's so That's dumb. the worst. You got some dude who makes 10 times the salary of like 
bored of the people in the room and he's out there like get excited for the future we got some cool yeah. like you're like yeah you, you just you just sitting there chilling making quarter of a million a year like telling us to get excited when you just laid off like 300 people like yeah read the room yeah well so yeah. we had we had a survey our company does a survey every year like what they think and like I've, i know most people say some pretty negative shit on that survey right and uh they don't act so, like, on it they they fucking they no they don't but the best part is they present the results right and they do nothing but like spin and twist and like yeah. try and make it sound as positive as possible and i'm like yeah. i know for a fact that the results of that were not nearly as positive as you're making it out to be one out of five people were... don't want to be here <laughs> yeah like it was well he was like oh and uh, i'm gonna answer some questions that you guys asked in the survey they and like the question them. And the, no, but the questions were like so specific and like business stuff. And I'm like, who asked you that? The guy across the hall? You're yeah. telling me that fucking Jeff from shipping was like, what's the plan? What's the strategy going forward for dealing with coronavirus? Like, this guy, fuck off. Yeah. <laughs> no, Jeff from shipping wants to know whether or not you're going to hire another guy in shipping so that he doesn't have to break his back moving twice the amount of boxes he should be. Right? Yeah. And that's another thing, mm -hmm. right? They hire all these people at the higher level, right? Like, I, we joke around. We, we see, like, a new VP hired every other fucking week, right? But they're not... They don't let us hire people on our team, right? We desperately need another programming engineer, right? To do C++ or, or LabVIEW. We need a test development engineer who who, who can, like, like d design, like, GUIs, but also, like, programs that interface with equipment and, like, understanding. They won't let us hire one. We already have two, and they're so backed up, and they can't, like, compete. They can't keep their stuff, but we're not allowed to, right? They're not hiring other people in shipping, even though business keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. We're doing great, right? But they're not, like, they just keep hiring new VPs. It's like, well, why don't you fucking make everything more efficient and hire people at the lower level so that we can get things done better? But they're just like, it's weird. I feel like that everyone at the higher up level is like so gluttonous and they can operate with like within such silly margins. And then the rest of us lower down are like, like picking at the bone to try and get our work done. Mm -hmm. You know, we're all like so lean. It's almost, it's almost as if like, you know, if you wanted to make this company more efficient, you should just take those CEOs out back real quick and just do a lassie on Oh my God. <laughs> just put yeah. it down. At least break their knees. That way they have to work <laughs> or something. Fuck it, God damn, I hate them. So, um, yeah, I don't know. That was a fun rant about everything that sucks. Yeah. One, I, have, I have a different, I have a different topic for if you want. I was gonna, yeah, I think I, I can rile both of you up. Okay, but oh, before boy. we remember it, but before we get into that, <laughs> I wanted to talk about like some really shitty or like like almost funny shitty like any stories you have from like work, like just awful experiences, right? Right. Like it, especially if they're a little more funny. I know, I know, Eric, you talked about like that really shitty person, right? Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. But like, like Nick, what's your worst like work experience so far? My first job ever. Was that still. at Wendy's? Mm, yeah. Yeah. Oh, damn. Okay. <laughs> I still don't understand how, what grade were you in when they hired you at Wendy's, Nick? Uh, ninth. No. Ninth. No. Ninth. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I was four. I was fourteen. Yeah, I was the I was the minimum yeah. age for certain jobs in PA to get a job there. He was working at yep. Wendy's at in ninth fucking grade, and it was such a bizarre experience. I mean, for, I hated being there, yeah. but I really managers sucked. The people I worked with were okay, some cool people, but like it being a bad experience still to this day is 
the way that I stopped working is still like <laughs> for all I know, am I still employed by Wendy's? Like <laughs> <laughs> they just like slowly stopped putting me on the schedule. And I was like, Hey, like, you know, do you got any ships coming up? What's going on? They're just like, eh. And I'm like, like, what what are we doing? Like, do you want me to just leave? And they're like, you can bring your stuff in if you want. I was like, what does that mean? That's and I, ended, I literally ended up just bringing up. I was like, you know, here, have the badge, have the shirts back, whatever. I like, and I just stopped showing up. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't, uh, I don't know if I quit. I don't know if I was fired. You should, you should go try and collect unemployment from being, you know, like. <laughs> Yeah, hey, what is it like? Six years unemployment now from Wendy's? Yeah, yeah, yeah. back, back to no, eleven years. Eleven, a lot years. of money. Oh yeah, that's true. I was fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. Um, I actually my that work would be experience wild. is kind of the opposite, right? Hmm. So I worked. Uh, I'm not like other girls. I'm built different. I cannot work in the service industry. I don't have the patience. Uh, yeah, I don't think people you would. suck. <laughs> People are dumb, and I hate everybody, right? Um, it's the closest I've ever come to, like, feeling existential stress or anxiety is, like, just knowing that I'd have to go into Ruby Tuesdays and listen to some old fucking hag tell me that she doesn't want to sit on the right side of the restaurant because the left side of the restaurant gets more sun, right? But she also wants the fucking shades drawn so that the sun's not in her eye. Like, I swear, there are, I hate geriatrics. I hate old people. When I'm dictator, the second you turn 60, I'm killing you. Just oh, because wow. of Ruby Tuesdays. Just because <laughs> of that fucking job. So the Ruby Tuesdays has like a salad bar, right? So they it like salad bars attract old people like flies on shit. They just love lukewarm fucking wet vegetables. Gotta get that stuff. wet lettuce, bro. Oh, it's Burger King foot lettuce, bro. Um, <laughs> fucking hate it. So I, my parents were like regulars there. They made friends with like the bartenders and shit. This is before we all went to uh, Harrigan's, right? The bar would be pretty yeah. much that now. So uh, they were the friends with like the bartenders and the managers and shit. So they would like go there after work and like have a couple of drinks and shit like that. And sometimes mom did feel like cooking and they'd get dinner from there and stuff. So uh, this was... Um, not my first job, right? I worked in a machine shop, worked at an engineering firm. This was my summer, my one summer off freshman year, right? When I was like, I don't feel like working at the machine shop again this summer. I'm just going to get like a stupid job, right? I'm going to do something like flip burgers or stock shelves or whatever. So since I was friendly with everyone at Ruby Tuesdays, right? The manager was like, oh yeah, we'll give you a job. You're a nice guy. Didn't you make a great server? Awesome. So I went in <laughs> with the promise of being a server, Right. Probably wouldn't have been quite as bad as what I ended up being forced into, which was a host at slash busboy. Right. Mm -hmm. They promised me I'd be a server and then like flat out lied. And we're like, now nah, you're, you're going to be a host. And that's it. Because we definitely need one. And like, just we're going to we're going to lie to you to get you in the door and then you can suck our cock. So it sucked. I hated it. And by the end of that summer, working th like three months throughout the summer working there, I was actively trying to get fired. Right. And this was the closest I ever had to like kind of psychotic bosses. They all loved me so much that they could not, I could not do wrong. Hmm. Like they would not fucking fire me. So, like, like I would pick up the phone and be like, hello, this is Chili's. Right. Or like, like I would have like some woman come in and be like, this is what I want. I'd be like, nah, you can sit at this table, you can leave. Like, just as terrible at my job as I could be, could not get fired. At one point, there was a bounty on my head because. 
I when I would bust a table, I would just throw everything on the plate out, so like silverware and shit included, right? Oh god. And they were like, "Who the fuck is throwing out all the fucking silverware?" Who I, you know, if I, if I could figure out who, whoever tells me who's doing it, I'll buy you lunch for a week, right? Like they were trying to figure it out, and like, like they would come to me and be like, "Do you know who it is, Dan? Have you seen?" And I'm like, "I got no clue." Like they refused to believe it was me. Right. Like, I think I did it in front of them at one point, like made eye contact while throwing the silverware out and their brain just short circuited. They're like, not nah, can't be Dan. So <laughs> I could him. could not get fired from Ruby Tuesdays. Um, worst experience ever. I'll never work in the service industry again. I just I don't have the level of patience that some people do. And I appreciate them for it. And that's why you should all tip well. I don't know if it's always patience or if it's just. Maybe some sort of mental like yeah. <laughs> just des- des- desperation psycho maybe whatever yeah. you need to get through a day as, a, as working at yeah. a restaurant good for you because i can't tip well yep always always <laughs> tip your waiters waitresses uh what about you eric my my worst worst experience your worst i know you've had a lot of shit jobs but yeah. is, is hand in stone your worst? worst. Or, do you ha- or do you have something that's like kind of funny too? Uh, I I think I think that's going to have to be my worst. Uh, other than when I was working as a TA, um, and that was less. I, I I don't even know if I can consider that a job. That was just how I was allowed to go to grad school, right? Was that um, the one where like your students flirted with you and stuff? Yes, but that happens whenever I have students. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Stop fucking your students. You can't do that. I, I do not do that. Um, how, how old are they all now? Uh, now they're in high school. So most For the of... record, Eric does uh, not actually no. sleep uh, Especially, especially cons- I, I, have, I had a friend when I was younger who was arrested for pedophilia, and also my band teacher, the band teacher at South, uh, was arrested oh, yeah, for yeah, yeah, sexual yeah, relations that. with a student. So I am thoroughly oh. scarred to the concept of ever doing anything with a student ever. Wait. Uh, <laughs> you, you mean you're not attracted to minors? What? No. What a crazy no, idea. The, and not only that, I'm I am terrified of having conversations with them just in case they're attracted <laughs> to me. Um, Did but, they like, uh, or classify it as like an actual mental like disorder now? Yeah, well, they're, they're, trying, mm-hmm. they're trying to get it to be like a fucking... Uh, uh, they're trying to get it like on the level of like being transsexual or homosexual, right? They're trying to call it like What's the fucking silly word that they're using now? Like, uh... Child level? Ah, yeah, it's some dumb shit like that. And it's like, yeah. you're literally just making excuses for pedophilia to go home. Like, stop. Yeah. And, uh, stop no, it. No, That's crazy. That I, I don't know anybody that actually supports that. Like, no, it's, some it's, people that support weird shit, but not that. It, it's No, there's like some weird thing out there right now. It's like one of those super fringe, like, radical... Like, yeah, 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 yeah. Like it's probably like, just closet pedophilia is trying to promote yeah, oh, yeah. it. Yes, I've, I've certainly I've heard that. It's more well, just like almost all of those like places like the LGBTQ community yeah. is, like has basically been like, yeah, there's no way you're allowed in here. It's very clear yeah. that that it's not like a well, sexual I, preference. I think it's in like the the, the <laughs> crazier part, right? I think it's yeah. in like the part of those communities where the people like genuinely do have like something wrong with them, right? So like in like the the deeper parts of like the furry communities. Like I think those are the people where they're like, all love is good love, and it's like, no, pedophilia is not not good love. That's that's not it. Can't have nope. that one. Bad touch. Yeah, so I think there's like some of that like there's like deep community where it's I, I think it's just like people with like genuine mental uh, mental issues that they need to go get help for. So, but yeah, pedophiles. I don't know. I don't know what to do with them. 
I recommend castration, but oh, I tend to be too violent. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know that cal- well, castration would be, yeah, it would reduce sex drive. Well, so, I mean, uh, just to be devil's advocate, they're not all bad. It's just, I think, a majority. But the what? Huh? What's this? What'd you say? Not all pedophiles are men. <laughs> oh, yes. Uh, yeah, yeah but you... that's there's a society standard where it doesn't count. As long as they're hot, right? As long as it's a hot female teacher, it doesn't count, right? That's the uh, that's the fucking. I hate, it's so, there's so many weird though. We could do a whole episode on double standards. Double, honestly, like the well, we'd get in trouble for being alt right if we talked about too many things that men have. Oh, to do, right. We'd be we'd be the enemy. Yeah, right? because men are the we're the enemy. Label us however you please. Oh, all three of us are white dudes. Oh no. No, we're just Terrible. communist white dude alt right. Yeah. <laughs> I, I know we're also mid. <laughs> Can't have an episode on that. We'll get canceled. <laughs> but you no. can't. Um, so <laughs> that was a tangent. It's nothing to do with jobs, anyway. So besides, besides trying definitely oh. not to have sex with your students, Eric, what's <laughs> what's the other <laughs> you're running into? Oh dear. Um, it was it was more just the workload. Um, the way that so it's not funny. Unfortunately, it's more just like I was grading oh. tests. Uh, like I would, I would finish grading a test. I'd get it back to the class, and then like two days later, we'd take another test, and I had to grade another ninety like short answer questions, like ninety tests with four short answer questions, um, on top of continuously keeping up with my readings and uh, doing writings, while also being in a department that is like, like the definition of overly competitive for no good reason, right? Like you just have people in the department who. Um, are just like just competing with one another purely out of spite like they're just like i philosophically disagree with you and rather than do the philosophical thing of debating you i'm just going to tell everybody that you're an asshole and that you should not yeah. be you know take their class this um, is the uh, same another thing yeah yeah i was gonna say is this is the same school like where like you kind of were interested in like the different branch of the philosophy that like and then like they yes kind of, like, well ostracized you for it yeah, yeah, and that's not even just a, this school thing. That's going to be, you know, this school most certainly had it very bad uh, in terms of, like, it's very analytic philosophy and uh, anything that kind of moves away from that norm. Um, in fact, I have a friend right now who does a separate type of philosophy. It's not, it's still more thorough than the type of philosophy I suppose that I would do. Um, but they are still also ostracized or, like, basically told, like, you shouldn't be here doing that. That's not what we do here. Um so you yeah you have that going on um, and another thing though on the whole sexual allegations thing actually <laughs> two years before I came here there was an entire lawsuit where somebody got fired for having strange sexual allegations against them as well as having a professor who made um, reference to somebody in the uh, administration being a Nazi um, so it was it's just it's just a very interesting school uh, and. I had a great, I had a great boss. Thank God. Uh, the, the dude, um, like I told him one day, I'm like, yeah, I can't finish grading these papers the time that you need them to. And he's like, all right, well give me like 10 of them and I'll, I'll finish those. And you finish the rest. And I was like, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, Are but that yeah, it was people who work in academia aren't pure angelic creatures of, of just higher education. Not, not even that they're not angelic creatures it's just that they're not even doing the they're not pursuing their own um career in the way that it demands them to right philosophy in and of itself should be that you're an objective person you're trying to engage with other people and other people's ideas right Right, yeah you're trying to engage with ideas yeah 
Right, yeah. right. And you, you want to remove your bias from that as much as possible. So like when I come to you and I say, yeah, I'm a feminist, you can't just go, oh, feminism is stupid. It doesn't exist. Like you, that should never have even been a thing that occurred in philosophy. Like you can have that opinion, but you have to explain to me why without telling me like it's stupid and having these weird pathos sorts of like tangents where you're just <laughs> making me feel bad about my opinion rather than being like, well, I think that, you know, the fact that it, it, it's supported by X, Y, and Z is difficult, like, right, but you don't get that here. Like, you know, I walk in, I say I'm a feminist and people are like, oh, okay, that's, that's stupid. Also, yeah, but if I just follow you and I'm right. <laughs> yes. Exactly. Yeah, that's kind of The best <laughs> point is always an ad hominem point. Come on, you know this ever. It's true. We've, we've learned. True. Yeah. <laughs> You can't, attack, um, you can't attack their 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 uh, uh fucking their idea because their idea might still win. If you attack them, they'll never win. They'll never. Exactly. No it's, it's true. It's true. But that is a whole separate topic. That'll be a fun one for another time. Um, I just want to real quick the way you started back up on that. You're like it's not funny. I was like, <laughs> I thought he was joking around about the pedophilia stuff. No, no, no it took funny. me a second, but I caught on when he was saying. <laughs> no. Um, serious. I hated it. Oh shit! <laughs> um, I hate when my children keep flirting with me. It's so strange. It's not even funny. Jesus. Uh, um, the thing I was wanted to bring up before to potentially rile you both up. Yeah. Uh, in, in on the same train of thought of being a communist, um, the unemployment stuff. Who's job related? Like the you know the whole extension they just did, right? Yeah. There's there's the base unemployments. They just extended the bonus money on top of them. I'm kind of curious, like, what you both kind of think about people who, like, there's no, like, rule in place from what I understand that, like, you can't just keep signing up for it. So, like, I wonder at, like, what point it just kind of becomes a problem more than a solution where, like, there's just too many people that are just trying to live off of that and not going back to work. Oh, well, well, you're starting to sound like a conservative there, Nick. Hold on. Get dangerously close. Oh. Can't can't say bad things about the welfare state. Um, uh, no, it, I think about the welfare state. I think there's just people. That I think it's hurt it. Always, I don't know. Been a super tricky issue, right? I understand the people that need it. Yeah, well, that's I what I'm saying. That. I, I understand that there are there's there's actually I think would say the majority of people need it, right? The majority yeah. of people benefiting from the system are truly benefiting from the system the way it was intended, I'd probably say the majority, mm -hmm. right? Yeah, but I yeah. think that there's also some substantial amount who are milking the system, right? But I think that's just like, there's no real easy way around that because an interesting argument I hear people talk about, like, is the more and more stuff you add to, um, or like obstacles or things in the way with like the unemployment stuff, um, you just like end up kind of like gatekeeping it, right? Mm -hmm. So like the harder you make it to like collect it, like the more you eliminate the ability for people of like, like just lower skill slash intelligence, let lower income or whatever it is, right? Like you're you're taking away the ability from from those people who like don't know how to like take six classes online a day about how to write a resume and like you know that's they just keep like that's I think um Texas was like the example they used is that they were saying like we have like less than you know, 1,600 people this year who applied for unemployment. It's like, yeah, because you kind of put up, like, a ton of roadblocks and people are like, I'd rather just be poor than collect unemployment. Yeah, I don't know about, like, that there needs to be roadblocks, but, like, something in place to maybe say, like, you know, prove that I've looked for a job or I'm learning or something. That's, 
that's the thing, right? Regardless of whether or not like the 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 conservative lawmakers in Texas were passing it, because they, that's their rationale, right? Regardless of whether or not they truly believe it or they're just trying to eliminate unemployment numbers, that's the, like what you're saying, what I'm saying are still the the uh, what people are using to solve that is the same thing, right? Yeah, coming from two different places, but it, it's still like, you know, I, I don't want someone to to like you know milk the system or or whatever it is, right? But the the problem is, is it's still like it's it's just a hard thing to find an answer for, right? I, I think I think we talked about this before, Dan. I have two points real quick. But like we had said with with um, universal health care, there are going to be people who are going to use that for not necessarily health care reasons. Um, getting a boob job, right? But uh, and and in some cases, that also is still a, a health care reason, right? If you're if your breasts are too large, that can actually cause pain on your lower back that later yeah, on in I, life could lead to actual uh, health issues. But my breasts um, aren't big enough and it makes me feel bad about myself. And right. And so there's, early, so there's, there's certainly a sliding scale within that realm. Yeah. But um, yeah. essentially, though, you can't control for that fact, but it makes more sense. You're going to do more good by providing that service to the public at large, knowing still that some people will take advantage of it. And mm -hmm. again, you would the, the maximum you'll be maximizing possibly. I don't know that it's truly maximizing, but you will be getting a higher level of good than what we're getting now because we're actually getting good with with without that in place. We have more suffering and pain being caused, maybe not necessarily like those exact words, but like troublesomeness, uh, people not getting treatment because they need it. People refusing to like go to the doctor because they can't afford it. Right. So you have essentially suffering. Um, but it, if you were to put that into place, you would certainly have much more pleasure or good outcomes um, while still having a smaller degree of those negative things. And it would balance itself out in a way that we would probably get more of a net good than negative. Um, but then also I would say like the second thing I was, I was thinking about um, is this, this again kind of makes me think of the idea of the universal basic income though, right? The idea yeah. is like if I had, if there were somebody paying me almost $2,000 a month just to be alive, I would not be employed right now. I would be, because I, I don't mind not making that much money. I might have like a part-time job, a small part-time job, um, just to allow myself to buy like new computer parts. But like $2,000, I can live easily on $2,000 and not care. And that allows me then to create more like um, poems or like paint more or get back to writing my book again. But like yeah. while I have to work a full-time job just to survive, I don't have the energy when I come home from that because it's so draining. I'm, you know, I'm teaching five hours straight a day while also trying to like emotionally support some of these kids and also having like the actual anxiety that we just talked about. Right. Um, yeah. And so it makes, it makes it more difficult for me. So there's a, there's a sense too, where like this idea of milking the system not only goes away with the universal basic income, or if it doesn't, it just, it, it's, it's a, a disconnect in, in the way that you think about it. Right. Because essentially there would be people milking the system with a universal basic income, but we shouldn't care because it's supporting people living their lives more easily and without having to worry about, oh, will I be able to pay rent this month? Or, oh my gosh, am I going to have enough for, yeah. for food, right? Um, so it, it kind of runs the idea. thing. Yeah, yeah. Um, I, my, my only the Yang's thing, version though, of it. Yeah, well, because I think the biggest problem, right, is, and then I, I think it's a point that, like, most people miss when they're talking about any of this, whether it's universal basic income, universal health care, universal education, Anything that the government provides, it assumes, A, that we have the money, B, that we have a government that we trust to actually execute on these things, right? 
and C, when it comes to like the, uh, um, especially when it comes to universal basic income, the ability to then fund it, right? So like, I guess, again, like, you know, do we have the money? But with that money comes from taxes at the end of the day, right? So yeah. like, if, if you, I, I can see where a problem could arise, where if you open up universal basic income too widely, right? Many people start taking more advantage of it, right? And then don't produce enough back into the system for us to pay for UBI in the first place. I can see how that could yeah. be an issue. I don't think just like, you know, if we give everyone $500 a fucking month, but I don't know what it is. There's, there's, I don't know what the break even point is where it becomes an issue. Yeah. But I think a lot of that comes down to like government inefficiency, bureaucratic bloat, and like the fact that we really don't trust our government to get anything done. Or you worry about like the big companies that you want to tax, like just straight up leaving well, that, or yeah, maneuvering that, that, money yeah. elsewhere. Where do where do we get the money? How do we, how do we do it? Right? Because uh, yeah. half the shit we do already is all funny money and it's all made up. We just have this like ever increasing like debt. It's just like, are we ever gonna pay it? What like if we're just gonna collapse one day? What's the whole point? Is money real? What's happening? Um, do I live in the matrix? <laughs> I was uh, uh, talking to my dad about it actually a bit the whole unemployment benefit thing and his strategy for it. I was like very surprised about it. Like it sounded like it was coming from like an upset with the system place, but it makes sense to me. So his proposition was to take away unemployment benefits. Mm -hmm. At least for the most part, anyone who's physically capable, just start giving them jobs, like take that money, pay them Mm -hmm. to go, do something, whether it's go clean up the roads, give them the, the poking, whatever the sticks are, go clean up trash, go clean the park, go, you know, help fix potholes. Like there's, I feel like there's, his point was like, there's so much stuff that could get done that you could, you know, instead of having them just sit at home, make getting $900 a week or whatever it is, pay them to go do something to improve their communities, stuff like that. I don't know how, again, inefficiencies and whatnot, how easy that is, but. I think it's a supply and demand issue, right? So, like, if you do that in uh, the difference between a rural area and the city, right? Yeah, there's stuff like that that's hard. Is there enough shit to do, right? To give. I don't. I don't know. I feel like there is a lot of stuff to do. Maybe Maybe not at at millions of people scale, but yeah, it's it's an interesting thought for sure. Jobs, unemployment, and pedophiles. Oh my! Look how off topic we got. (laughs) Indeed. But uh, I don't know. Do we have anything else we wanted to talk about about jobs, jobs? Uh, no, I think jobs I think and getting a house is a pain. I can tell you that. Well, getting a house mm-hmm. is a whole different thing. I don't know anything about getting a house. Oh, true. I mean, just so, at, like, you know the what? base level, like I you... kind of wanted to talk about how fucking dumb resumes are and LinkedIn and like the entirety of like the system <laughs> about getting jobs, right? Hmm. So I, I think this comes back to like some of that tribal knowledge bullshit. Like, oh, there's a right way to do things. Like, your resume has to be one page, unless you have ten plus years of experience. It's like, okay, whatever. I'm, you know, and the I don't, I don't know. I hate. I kind of hate it. Like, I refuse to really get on LinkedIn, just because I, I think it's, it's just social media for business people. Everyone can wank each other off, right? It's probably would probably benefit. It would probably benefit me, but I just, I don't, I don't know. I, I don't, I don't agree with it. That's on some level. There's something about it that bothers me that I haven't pinned down yet. Like when I think of Instagram, I think of vanity, right? So I know why I don't want that. But there's something that bothers me about LinkedIn that I haven't uh, articulated to myself yet. Um, mm-hmm. But no, like I kind of hate 
I dislike too when someone interviews me and they're they have no idea what my job is, right? Like I don't I don't want an HR lady to interview me about engineering because she knows nothing about engineering. She doesn't know if I'm going to be a good employee or not. She just knows that I can show up and talk well, right, and wear a suit. And I, <laughs> yeah. I also I also kind of hate that that's the thing, right? Like you have to do that. I, like I know so many people who talk well and can wear a suit, but they can't engineer the way out of a fucking box, right? Like it's cardboard, bro. Just step on it i don't know just fucking get out step out of the box you idiot like it's it, there's so many people with engineering degrees that i know that literally don't know which side of the screwdriver you use and it's it's frustrating it's very frustrating because half the time they're paid better than them. <laughs> it's like you know they're again it comes that it comes back to me liking meritocracy and I, and I guess that like the way we do things for like people getting jobs is not necessarily based on merit it's like we kind of pretend to base things on merit, but there's so many other factors that go into it that like completely eliminate. Like, it's funny we talk about no discrimination. Don't discriminate. Don't discriminate. Right. You can't discriminate if someone's, you know, black or, or a woman or a lesbian. You can't discriminate that. It's like, OK, that makes sense. Why do we discriminate about like, you know, the fucking suit somebody wears or how well they answer questions in an interview? Like those aren't necessarily the job skills. Right. <laughs> I don't care what mm. someone has to say about what's the toughest experience you've ever had to deal with at work and how did you overcome it? Like, go fuck yourself. Like, can you, yeah. can you, can you design something for me? Right. Yeah. Yes well, no. I mean, some of those things have merit, I think. I don't, I think know. there are some silly ones, but like your ability to explain a challenge you overcame shows that like they can trust that you, you know, if you face a challenge, you don't have to rely on other people to solve it. It's still words to me though. It's still all words. Well, right? it depends. If they just are spouting words at you and you know you ask a question, they don't they can't actually give you anything like detailed about what problem they solved, it's probably bullshit. And it's a way for you to see that they actually don't have the skills probably. But if you can sit there and rattle off all the statistics and what you did and how you did X, Y, and Z and the you know, profits, whatever, it's a way to see like they legitimately have, you know, solved problems. They know what they're talking about, they know what they're doing. A very optimistic point of view. On the more pessimistic side of the spectrum, what <laughs> if I just paid real good attention to something at my current job or at a problem they solve and just pass it off as my own, right? Just literally write yeah. things down and like be like, that's how I'm going to answer that question from now on, right? Because that's the thing. Half the shit on your resume, no one fact checks, right? It's how, how often do your previous employers actually get a call? The only people I've ever yeah, I don't seen, think often, that I've but... ever run into who've actually called an employer, like previous, have been people have been the, the government when they're trying to get a security clearance for you. That's right. it. And they don't even care what you did. They just want to know if you actually work there and you're not a terrorist, right? Like that's literally all they care about. Mm -hmm. So, like we're we're just basing it on all these things, these things that I think are kind of arbitrary, right? Like if if you if you can lie about something. Right. Why are we mm -hmm. basing your ability to get a job on that thing? Right. I can lie on my resume. Yeah, but you can, lie you can, all the you can prove. You. Yeah. Right? I guess in software, it's different. Like, I think, honestly, probably like 75% of like jobs I apply for, mm -hmm. one of the first things they do is like, take a test. Prove to me that you can solve yeah. these problems in this language. Yeah. 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 And uh, those are and, as, as annoying or tedious as they can be sometimes. I'm really all for that kind of stuff. It filters out like, you know, Amazon gets a billion applications for software developers. They can be like, if you can't solve these things that, you know, our engineers regularly solve, we have no interest in you. We don't care about 
anything else you have to say just gone so, so one of the more interesting and I've, I've still have not forgotten it one of the more interesting job interviews i've ever had was like this really crazy hippie dude um he was like an engineer at this steel plant right and he said i'm going to ask you a couple of questions here and the there is no right answer i don't care what you give me as an answer is i just want you to think out loud while trying to come up with an answer take as long as you like right yeah his, one of his questions was how many uses are there for a brick I love questions like that. And he's like, just talk to just, just like, just spout stuff. Sorry, just talk. And then the other question was, uh, how many barbershops are there in the United States? Right. Like, he wants a numeric yeah. answer. Right. But he wants to hear me try and think it through. Right. Yeah. So I don't know. That stuff I like a little bit more. I don't like a lot of the, like, the class. I just, I don't like the, the classic HR ones can get annoying. And yeah. Well, I don't, I don't want an HR person about. to interview me. Right. Because they don't know anything. Yeah. Right, like that's a whole other topic. I think I think that's I think a case is... in entry stuff, honestly. Like, because yeah. you I don't, you haven't really looked for a job since having a few years experience now, right? I mean, post I... post college, real work, whatever you want to call it, mm, right? No, because I did. Uh, I have like seven some years of experience at this point. Cumulative. My point being though, like you're no on... longer looking for an entry level job going forward. Um, I don't. It's kind of hard because uh, I never really like was. Right. Okay. I've always so I I like the Ruby Tuesday is the only time I've ever worked outside of my field, right? Sure. I've always been working in my field, and like the job I got, even it's, it's still not an entry level job. Like I'm technically was a, there an HR interview at the beginning of it? No, that's what I liked about it. I only okay. Ever so to, I only ever talked to um uh my boss's boss at the time. My maybe both, Fox my can speak to it more than like regularly yeah. at like a new job thing. There's an HR mm -hmm. step at the beginning, right? Mm -hmm. So I had to deal with those at like co-ops. Those were like the entry level. Yeah. Or right? some, yeah. Yep. So like my something. experience now going forward, now that I've had a couple years experience, I'm not looking for an entry level thing. It's we're not doing these HR ones. It's, you know, the first step is a call with the hiring manager who is semi-technical, at least in some capacity. And then it's talk mm -hmm. to like a senior on our team, get real technical. And that's like the process that it's been, which I enjoy because then they ask you quite, you know, a common one in like my field is, you know, how many ping pong balls can you fit in a bus and just explain your thought process. They don't, you know, I don't know how many literally I could fit in there, mm -hmm. but you talk about, you know, the circumference of a ball and the math you do and whatever and stuff like that. So I don't mind questions like that. I think too, that you, you may be a little skewed on your experience though, right? Because your field is relatively new, right? Versus like yeah. other other jobs and also it's a highly technical field that i think tends to skew relatively young right um you'd be surprised i, I may be it. but but i i would imagine it's relic compared to a lot of other fields right i think most places i've applied to the teams the average like like my co-op even the average age of my team was probably 45 years old that's i don't yeah i don't know if it's just like certain places are different but most places I've worked, the average age for an engineer was in his, in his 50s. Yeah, um, so I guess a little younger comparatively. Except for Lockheed Martin. But they're, they're, I think, like, when I think of the stuff you do, I always compare it in my head to Lockheed because they're, like, super technical. They're very, like, new and forward-thinking kind of in the way that they do stuff, right? I don't know. This is, I'm also judging the way your job works by how, how I stereotype it in my head, so I don't know. Fair. <laughs>
I don't know. Yeah. I like it's, you know, engineering is one of the oldest professions, right? So like, not too much has changed. There's lots of old white dudes who do it, right? So that's how I see it. Um, yeah. Right. And when I think of IT or software development, computers have only been around for twenty sub years, right? You uh, know, like the, the internet. The internet was invented wide and used in widespread in the nineties, right? Early nineties was when it was in widespread use, not invented. Obviously, it was invented by fucking DARPA in the sixties or whatever. Um, I couldn't tell you. Software engineering has been around since late sixties, early seventies. Okay, but how it's changed a lot over those years, and your so more even, modern stuff even, is newer. But even even then, you, the 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 uh, genesis of your your current career is a century old or so. Yeah. Right now, I'm sorry, half century rather. Right, 50, 60 years. Mm-hmm. That shit's young, dog. Right. I mean, yeah. Entering it's, it's a new forever. It's a, yeah. So is hairstylists, right? Like there, lots of careers have existed for a very, very, very long time. In the scale of stuff, yes, it's right. Long. So that's what I'm saying. Like your, like your industry is very new for the, especially with how much technology. Like we're we're on that that steepening slope of Moore's law, right? Yeah. That exponential growth of technology. So yeah. like steel is still steel, right? Mechanical engineering doesn't change that much. But electrical engineering electrical engineering changes a lot, especially where it's concerned with software. This shit's changing every year. Yeah. I mean like I've learned I don't even know how many languages since I've gotten my job in two years. Like Yeah. It's fast. Like there's Exciting, no exciting like, but like we have CAD, right? Which is just 3D design. There's a bunch of different languages, if you will, like ways you can do it, but like they're all pretty much the same. Like I'm not really learning new syntax, right? Or like like the the bounds of how something can or cannot operate. It's literally like I'm drawing a box, bro. <laughs> this is how big the box is. Now it's a cube. Here's my cube. It's done. <laughs> so perfect cube. Philosophy's been around for a while, right, Fox? Like, you know, yeah, couple, uh, more couple than, millennia, more than two thousand years. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. I've never heard of it. Philosophy? What? Philosophy? No, what? no. I, I, it's something to do with wisdom and love, but I'm not sure what. <laughs> okay, wisdom hippie. Love. He's a, he's a <laughs> pedophile, communist hippie. Peace and love, baby. Peace and love. love. There you go. So, anyway.